Welcome to Man Talk. Everything you wanted to know about men's health, but were afraid to ask. Hi, thanks for tuning in to Man Talk, the show that attempts to answer your personal questions with qualified professionals on a variety of subjects that concern most of our listeners. My name is Stuart, the voice of reason, along with my brilliant co-host, Michael, the voice of choice. We will inform, educate, make you laugh, and give you insight into the sometimes complicated world of men's health. You're not alone out there in what you're experiencing or feeling. There's a band of brothers out there going through the same stuff. So listen up, guys and gals, and get ready to learn, live, and enjoy your life. And above all, try to flush those cares away. Dr. Scott has been involved in the treatment of pain for over 30 years. Our topic for today's show is shingles, a disease that affects a significant number of our population, especially seniors. Welcome back, Dr. Scott. Thanks. It's my pleasure. Uh, Dr. Scott, for those who haven't, listeners who didn't listen in last week on our show uh, with you on back and neck pain, can you give us a little bit of your background? Sure. I uh, am an anesthesiologist and pain management specialist. Um, I trained at University of California, Davis, uh, where I did my residency in anesthesia and also uh, did pain management there. Practiced for about 30 years and uh, uh, recently retired, but uh, still staying active. Good, good. So let's start by having you explain to us exactly what is shingles. We've all heard our whole lives or our adult lives that uh, there's a relationship between shingles and chicken pox. So right. what, what is shingles? So chickenpox is uh, the varicella virus that you get as a child oftentimes, typically as a child, can get it later. Um, that is, it is actually a herpes virus, not, not the kind sexually transmitted, but it's a herpes virus that uh, attacks uh, the nervous system and oftentimes um, spreads in widespread in chickenpox. Um, but is usually a, a mild disease as a child and can be... Uh, much greater if you get it as a, as an older person. If you have had chicken pox, then you are a candidate for shingles because shingles is the reactivation of that dormant chicken pox virus. You get over the chicken pox, you think they're gone, but they're not. They lie dormant in your nerve cells forever. And so um, the only way to completely prevent ever getting shingles is to never have chicken pox because you can't get chicken, can't get shingles if you never had chicken pox. I think we'll come back to the vaccination in a little bit, we'll talk about the vaccination yep. and how, how that might work. But So how common is shingles? I mean, as you say, if you've had chicken pox, you can get shingles. And uh, if you haven't had it, chicken pox as a kid, you probably won't get shingles. So I, I would think most of the population has had chicken pox as kids. In fact, if you had siblings when they had chicken pox and you didn't, they wanted you to get chicken pox. Right. They put you in the same room with the kids. So um, what's the effect of... Uh, the population now, sure. as they get older, uh, being subject to getting shingles. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Your, your parents put you in a room with someone? Some no, they actually sent me to the hospital in a whole area where there's just chicken pox and said, keep this kid till he comes up with something all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's actually... Yeah, that sounds brutal, but that that was pretty common. We're in, actually, we're in a tough neighborhood. <laughs> a tough neighborhood. Actually, the incidence of chickenpox is about a third of the population will, I mean, excuse me, shingles. A third of the population will contract shingles typically. If you live to 85, you have a 50% chance. 
of contracting shingles, but about a third of the population can count on getting shingles. Is there any correlation between stress and getting shingles? Because I know some people that have had it in their later years, and they were kind of built a little, wrapped a little tight, as we say. <laughs> uh, is there any indication that people who are under more stress can develop shingles? Absolutely. So shingles, uh, the shingles virus or zoster virus is an opportunist. And it, you know, lies dormant in your nerve cells for decades and then usually erupts when you're stressed. Um, sometimes we see it when people are diagnosed with cancer and they're undergoing chemotherapy or their immune system is compromised. People with HIV have a much higher incidence of shingles. Um, anybody stressed, I see it sometimes around surgery or someone's death in the family or something like that. They're under a lot of stress and their immune system is weakened. Then the shingles will take hold and it'll erupt into usually a single nerve root, um, usually on one side of the body in a band most commonly around the trunk or torso of the body is the most common site. Um, but it can also occur in the face, can occur in almost any nerve area. Uh, into the eye is actually a very common uh, location and can be quite dangerous, can even cause blindness if untreated. The, uh, the stress, Stuart, you brought up, I experienced it personally five years ago. Uh, I went through cancer treatment, radiation for a couple months, uh, and we had a vacation in Europe coming up. And I was, having never been through this cancer treatment, I was pretty freaked out about how I was going to, what condition I'd be in two months later to make this trip to Europe. And after the first night in Paris, uh, a friend of mine said, you know, what are those spots on the back of your neck? And I was diagnosed a couple days later with shingles. And it was my second time that I had shingles. It been about 30 years in between, but it was clearly stress. There was nothing else. I mean, that was, it was all about stress. I was yeah, worried. that's I was what I've noticed in some of the people that I've seen that have had the bout with shingles. Um, I well, I guess with, you know, stress is a factor in many illnesses, I would think. Don't you, Dr. Stott? Certainly, certainly, and especially as it affects the immune system because the key here with shingles is that your immune system becomes compromised and then this virus that has laid dormant all these years suddenly has a foothold, and that's when it attacks, kicks you when you're down, yeah. which is rough. Um, and the, the big danger is for people over the age of 50 um, which is much more common in people over the age of 50, you also have a higher incidence of developing a chronic pain condition from this, this uh, reinfection, and that's called post-herpetic neuralgia. When the, when the rash heals and you think you're good, you're not because you continue to have burning pain and itchy pain um, due to nerve damage, and that's, that's a real risk for people, especially over the age of 60, but even, even as early as 50. Well, let's take it from the beginning. So I'm pretty sure, having been through this twice, that the first thing that happens is you, you have spots, and then I know you have pain. So let's It actually take is in the opposite order. The so, opposite. yeah, typically people will have a prodrome phase of almost two weeks sometimes when they are having pain and there's still no rash. And oftentimes they are erroneously diagnosed with gallbladder or stones or kidney stones or heart problem. Many times they've operated on people thinking they had this problem and then it, suddenly they erupt with shingles rash a day or two later and they ah, that was the source of the pain that they've been experiencing because they couldn't otherwise identify the source. And then when you see the rash, you know, you feel like a genius. Now I know what it is. But uh, that's it's typically pain first, then rash. 
And is it too late to treat after no. a couple of weeks? No. If you can, it's not too late to treat after a couple of weeks, but time is of the essence. Treating it early is, is paramount to your success rate and to preventing the long-term sequela of this problem, which is the posterpedic neuralgia. So if you can, in the first 72 hours after the rash erupts, if you can start on an antiviral like asaclovir or Valtrex, or the two most common used, Famvir is also another one, but Valtrex and acyclovir, um, these are anti antiviral medications. Are those sponsors of ours? Stuart? Not yet, but if they're listening, they yeah, should be. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So th- those two medications, um, either one, if started early, can help prevent post-herpetic neuralgia, the long-term sequela of this, and can help uh, shorten the, the uh, duration of the active infection. Um, also, there are other things that can be done. Uh, as an anesthesiologist, I was amazed that very few people uh, ever arrive at the door of a pain specialist or anesthesiologist for treatment of shingles, but they really should. Because if treated early, an injection like an epidural injection or any type of steroid and local anesthetic injection given in the right location to treat the uh, infection can greatly reduce the pain, reduce the the duration of the symptoms, and help prevent post-herpetic neuralgia if it's given early in the course within the few first couple of weeks. If you do develop shingles, how long can you expect it to last? I mean, is there a time frame that generally you these know, things get? One to two months the, the can, can last up to one to two months as far as the, the rash and the pain. Um, but then if it lasts longer than two months or if it lasts after the, the rash is cleared, then that's, diagn- that's considered post-herpetic neuralgia. And that's when there's permanent nerve damage or semi-permanent. And that can last, what, for a lifetime? Yeah, really? that's possible, wow. years. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that my confusion on the on the treating quickly was, so it's it's 72 hours. I'd always heard you need to treat within three days. 72 hours. the antiviral, hours. but you're talking about three days from the spots. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because people typically don't even know they have shingles right. until, the, right. until, the, until the rash appears. So, yeah. Um, sooner the better is, I guess, the, the, the take home from that. But also... Uh, seeing an anesthesiologist or a physiatrist, pain specialist early in the course is highly recommended in my opinion because they have the skill to do nerve blocks that can help prevent the post-herpetic neuralgia and can help quickly resolve the pain issue. Um, an example, my ex-wife um, actually had shingles. Uh, you stressed uh, her out too much. No, I can't take credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, had had uh, shingles and... Uh, one injection, you know, by the pain specialist, and the pain resolved, and she was good. I wish I had known about that. Yeah, it, it I never works. heard about it. It works really well. I've treated hundreds of patients this way and with good success. Good. So, well, as you know, we take questions here, uh, email questions. Uh, just write your questions to questions at mantalkradio.net. We'll try to get to each of them with our specialist uh, and our expert. Our first question today is from Philip in Phoenix, and Philip writes, I have heard different stories about whether or not I should get the shingles shot. I'm 57 years old. I did have shingles when I was in my 30s. Do I need to get the shots? Am I at risk to get shingles a second time? Okay. He's over the age of 50, so the recommendation is that he does get a shingles vaccine. The fact that he's had it once before does not mean that he can't get it again, as you know. Michael, you've had it more than once. What if I, so do I need a shot too? I've had yes. it twice. Yes. Um, you can have it more than twice. You know, uh, having it before makes it 
less likely to get it again because you should have some remaining immunity, but it's still possible as you discovered. So there, let's talk a little bit about the vaccines. So uh, I think 2007, the first vaccine came out for shingles, um, 2006 or 2007 was Zostavax, and it was about 50% effective. It was a live vaccine. So people who had a little concern couldn't take it if they were uh, you know, getting cancer treatment or immunocompromised. So it was had a limited usage, was expensive, and only about 50% effective. Um, so some people opted out of that one. Um, then recently they developed a new vaccine, Shingrix, which is a, not a live vaccine. It's uh, basically just boosts your immune system. It's similar to the same as the chickenpox vaccine the kids are getting, but in a stronger form. And uh, this is a lot higher effective rate. It takes two injections, spaced anywhere between two to six months apart. And um, it's about a 90% effective rate. Lasts probably up to five years or more than five years, and then you could get a booster at that point. So that's recommended for people over the age of 50. Is that typically covered by insurance? Because I've, I've, so Medicaid, I've heard it's expensive. It's expensive, and Medicaid Part D covers, but Medicaid Part B does not. Medicaid typically doesn't. Um, and you have to check with your private insurance to see if they do. Um, but Medicare, Medicare typically does not. Medicare Part D does, but Medicare, Medicare Part B does not. Yeah, I've had them, and the, the two shots are about 160 bucks each. So it's about yeah. you know, a little less than 350 for both shots, but well worth it. Well worth it for sure. You can get it at usually community pharmacies. You know, your, your primary care doctor's office typically would have that. So. I would I would strongly recommend it. I personally am doing it. So I know there's been a lot of controversy about it, but I think that you explained why that controversy from the the, the other vaccine has left the cloud a little bit of controversy, and people are unaware that there is the new vaccine. You know, they they conflate the two, and so I think that. And if you good question is have if I've had the other older vaccine, can I still have the newer one? The answer is yes, you can. And and back to your uh, the stats that a third of the population and fifty percent of of older people um, will get shingles. Michael? What also, what also I want to point out on that same, same vein is that not only will 50% of the people get shingles if they live to 85, but that if you develop shingles after the age of 60, you have a 50% chance of developing post-herpetic neuralgia. This, and that's... That's what I was trying. That's, to, that's what I was trying to go, and I couldn't get. I those read words your mind. Thank read you. your mind. Thank you, doctor. So, and the posterior neuralgia is the real, real thing that we want to avoid because it's caused by the fact that this nerve, uh, this virus infects the nerve and causes nerve swelling, and when it does, it actually damages healthy nerve tissue, and the nerve tissue that survives are the pain fibers, and so afterwards, the once the nerve damage is is done. You, you develop pain from light touch and things that normally wouldn't cause pain because your normal nerve fibers for sensory things like light touch have been damaged. So the, the strategy is to try and prevent that nerve damage. Stuart, we have a question on this yeah, subject. Yeah, we actually have a question from Sam in Raleigh. And Sam writes, I am 74-year-old who has PHN, which is, again, um, the post-hepatic neuralgia. What does the doctor think is the best treatment for this lingering nerve pain and which 13% of shingles patients suffer from after the acute phase? 
Well, actually, it's much higher than 13%, oh, depending it? on the age. If it's, like I said, if it's over the age of 60, it's a closer to 50% oh, really? can get that. Now, that's without treatment. That's without treatment. So I'm not sure where he's getting that number, but it's it's significantly higher than that. Um, there are a variety of treatments. Again, nerve blocks can be helpful. Um, uh, medications such as Neurontin is helpful, for gabapentin, for uh, nerve pain like that. Well, we're getting a lot of sponsor potential it's here. It's generic available. Oh, well, give us something <laughs> we can get a sponsor. Phone numbers? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 pre, and also Lyrica is another medication that's helpful for for a post-herpetic neurologist. So there are things available. Lidoderm patches are helpful, uh, which is a lidocaine impregnated uh, patch. patch that that absorbs in the skin and helps numb the area that is normally causing pain. Nerve blocks, uh, there was a study in the New England Journal of Medicine done on that for post-herpetic neuralgia. With, they got a series of injections, actually spinal injections, depending on you know where the location of the shingles or what PHN is. These spinal injections done a week apart, three or four of them, uh, along with the corticosteroid medication, were helpful in relieving the PHN long term. So there, there are a variety of things that can be done for PHN. Sometimes oral pain medications are, are necessary, but one of the things that's important is that people with PHN seek care for pain relief because it is one of the causes of suicide, really, among elderly people over the age of 70. The pain can be severe enough yeah. that they take their own life. Wow. Yeah, I know a friend of ours, and in fact, he lives where we, near us, Michael, and he's experiencing this thing for about two and a half years so far, and he's still going through it. He's going yeah. for Botox shots. Is that something that they normally treat? Um, Botox is used for chronic pain conditions, and uh, I've not seen it used so much for this particular thing, but it may be a new, new bend in the road that I haven't known about yet. And the same fellow, and Sam and Raleigh, he had two questions, actually. And the other question is, quote, does the site of the acute lesion influence whether the patient might be more apt to experience PHN? Is the PHN patient ever free of pain once it occurs? Okay, those are a couple questions in there. Does the site affect it? Well, the site can, you know, if it's a site that doesn't have good vascular flow, it's more likely to develop PHN. Um one of the really common areas affected is the eye, and that's that's a real concern because it's a hard one to treat. Um, and this, the second part of the question refreshed my memory again. What was the second half? The second part was if um, is the let me just see. Does the sight of the acute lesions influence the patient might be apt to more experience? And does the, the pain ever go away? Does the yeah. pain ever go in, away? In yeah. most cases, it does, but it can last years. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons where it might not go away is if there's severe nerve damage from the virus. That's why I highly recommend active treatment in the early phase of infection after shingles shows up, not to just say, well, it's going to go away on its own. Because if you take that attitude, unfortunately, you may develop the permanent nerve damage that's hard to treat. Yeah, and he's had a lot of health issues to begin with. So maybe that's uh, exacerbating his the fact that he still has this um the PHN and... Um, well, people with diabetes particularly are at risk too. People that have poor vascular flow are more likely to sustain permanent nerve damage than someone who's... That's why older people are more susceptible than younger people. It sounds much more extensive and uh, common than I... Even though I had it twice, I, I still... Super it. common. And and Stuart... Well, uh, you, now, didn't, you didn't have the PHN though. No, I did not have the PHN. But now that I know that stress is a big inducer and in working with you... 
I mean, you be better very, get the shots. I'm going to be very, yeah. In fact, you may get double shots. Can I borrow the company credit card? No. You're no. putting me under stress now. I don't want to develop shame. I've got the shots. I don't want to screw them up. It sounds tough. So now with the, if a child is changing channels a little bit, if a child is uh, immunized, vaccinated mm-hmm. for chicken pox. Then he won't get shingles because you have to have chicken pox to get shingles. So when- but he may have to be re- get a booster for his chicken pox as he gets older. When, when, is- when were those... Uh- Vaccination started typically uh, about 10, 12 years ago, I oh, think. So they're, they're new. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I would recommend the shingle shot, the new shingle shot, as Dr. Stott points out, because it's highly effective. And what have you got to lose except not getting shingles? I mean, it's something that you don't want to get. And I remember, I remember they were running ads to prevent getting shingles, and they were talking about prevention. And Terry Bradshaw, the ex-quarterback, was on TV talking about how he got banged around as a quarterback, but the worst pain he's ever experienced was shingles. Right. And therefore, do whatever you can to prevent it. I thought he was just acting on that commercial. No, he actually had it. One question that people may have is if they do have an active case of shingles, can they be contagious to someone else? Right. And the answer to that is you can't contract shingles from someone who has shingles. If you've never had chicken pox, you can contract chicken pox from someone who has shingles. So those lesions, you know, if you wow. say you have a grandchild that's not been vaccinated for chicken pox and you have active shingles, the answer is yes, you are contagious um, for them to develop chicken pox. So in an older adult, um, if they get chick, if they've never had chicken pox, can they get chicken pox as an older adult yes. identifying it as chicken pox, yes. not shingles? Yes, because they present differently. Really? Yeah. How much differently? Like- well, shingles typically presents along one nerve root. So let's say you probably noticed it was a, you said on the back of your neck or, or arm. Yeah, the second time was about yeah. right now. First time probably around your torso. Correct. Yeah. Were you so, there? No, but I've seen this in a lot. would have treated you if he was there and you would have prevented all this. Yeah. I wouldn't have been stressed if I wasn't with you. <laughs> <laughs> so typically shingles presents in one nerve distribution on one side of the body, not on both sides of the body, whereas chicken pox spreads on both sides in different parts. And, you know, is so that that's the difference. So I get it. If grandpa develops, if he wants to prevent getting shingles, no, the other way around. If, in fact, he wants to get shingles, so he gets into a room with kids full of chicken pox, stays there a while, winds up with chicken pox, and then ultimately winds up with shingles. No, that's not good, is it? You might have to wait a while and get stressed <laughs> out, too. I'm getting stressed out just listening to your story. Plus, I don't understand it. Me neither, so ignore it. So where are we going from here? I mean, uh, we're going to get shingle shots. I've had mine. You haven't had yours. Worried. So, so you're so saying the, it's, this is not a, it's not the live virus, whatever that meant. Correct. So if if I go to my local pharmacy, and Stuart goes to his local pharmacy, and we're in different neighborhoods, is it the same shot? How do we know it's the yeah, same shot? Yeah. So is it the same everywhere in the country. Yeah. So there's two shots. There's Zostavax, which is the older one that's only 50 percent effective. It's still available. I'm not sure why anyone would get it. That has the why? live. You get it at a discount. <laughs> of course. I know. I'm not sure why. I'm gonna get three or four that. of them. Maybe because it's only a single shot. But the new one, which is not a live vaccine, Shingrix is a two shot deal. Can you spell that? S H I N G R I X Shingrix. Potential 
And so that, that comes, there's two shots or space two to six months apart, usually given in the arm. Um, it can be done, you know, like I said, at the community pharmacy. Yeah, that's where I had mine. Is the shots painful? Um, um, yeah, well, to me, it, just the lingering pain over a day, it's kind of in a muscle area, and yeah. you feel it after a while, but it's no big deal. And you could develop a little bit of fever, little redness at the site, and a uh, little soreness at that site. Now oh, Michael's gonna, thinking about it. I'm getting stressed <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about the but shot. But that's not a reason not to get the shot. Snakes, it's worth it. snakes and needles. <laughs> well, I think this has been very informative for me, and I know it has been for Stuart. Um, Dr. Stott, do you have anything else to add before we go to our conclusion? I just strongly recommend people do get the vaccine, and if they do develop shingles, uh, that they seek care quickly. All right. Well, thank you for being with us again, and I'm sure My that we'll, we'll have you with us. Uh, you'll think of the next subject that we don't want to talk about, <laughs> but we do need to know about. All right. For Stuart, this is Michael. I'm Stuart. I'm Michael. Be happy. Be healthy. And we'll talk next week. The information presented in this program is provided for general information purposes only and is not, nor is it intended to be, nor is it a substitute for professional medical advice and treatment. This program is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or injury. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this program. You should always consult a doctor or other health care provider for individual professional medical advice regarding your own health situation. This program is a production of Mantalk Radio, LLC. Copyright Mantalk Radio, LLC, 2019. All rights reserved. We're Michael and Stewart with Mantalk on Radio St. George 100.3 FM. Submit your questions ahead of time to questions at mantalkradio.net. Re-listen or watch again. Search Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher for Radio St. George or RadioStGeorge.com. We'll see you next week for another edition of Man Talk.